gotta not pour Gatorade on people. Oh, uh, too many slam dunks. That was their reasoning. Oh yeah. Yeah. You are pretty tall. You're a yeah. tall, muscular guy. Well, I mean, they didn't like the trampoline. Oh, welcome to What Are Your Rights podcast with attorneys George Derrick and Bob Mortland. I'm Bob Mortland. Welcome to What Are Your Rights. You can check us out online at whatareyourrightsattorneys.com. You can email us, and it's confusing. <laughs> what are my rights? Podcast at gmail.com. What are my rights? And we're going to have a, a website up in, in the next little bit called whataremyrightsattorneys.com, which is going to the same place as whatareyourrightsattorneys.com. But this podcast is What Are Your Rights? So what are your rights? What are they? You have the right to become an attorney if you'd like. And in fact, we got an email from Veronica. We, we have yeah. Veronica from San Ramon sent us an email. She says, and I quote, hey guys, I love your show. I've been listening since the beginning. Um, probably your number Long one fan. Long time listener. Long time listener. Biggest supporter. I love what you say. Everything you say, George, specifically. And I, I, just I, I don't w- see that on the email, but I'm, okay. I'm editorializing. Okay. okay. And uh, I'm just adding to she, it. I'm Irish. So I'm just telling so a story. Me? No, I'm telling. Are you Irish? Were you English? I am Irish. I'm not going to fight English. an Irishman. So you fight yourself. Irish, English, so German. So she says, "I love what you do. I love who you are as a person and an individual and professionally." Uh, does your wife? Does your wife know about this? About Veronica? Yeah. Um, no. All right. She doesn't listen to the show. Hmm. She she wouldn't want to listen to the show. So, so she says. Veronica, want? Veronica says how. How do we become? Uh, how, how do I become a lawyer, Bob? How do you How do you become a lawyer? You're a lawyer. I am a lawyer. You're an attorney. I'm an attorney. I'm now a lawyer too. You're. Uh, do you ever write? Um, you're also an esquire. Esq. I put it at the end of my name. Do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to go further. Into I don't that. know. Well, how do you become an, an attorney? We could take you through the entire process, which is our intention today to take Today's you through the entire what process. What are your rights? Dispelling, uh, demystifying, demystifying, explaining. How to become an attorney. Discussing words coming out of my mouth. How do you become a lawyer? In California, it's probably the toughest state to become a lawyer, probably because we don't need lawyers in California. Well, the bar exam is is one of the toughest in, in the nation. We'll talk about that. If you pass the California state bar exam, you're probably uh, the smartest of all the lawyers in the whole country. 37% pass rate when I took it. Really? Yep. It was about 48 when I took it. Mm. I still passed it, though, the first time. Me too. Did for, you? First try. Oh, yeah. yeah. First try through. Very good. Knocked it out. So, but what happened? Let's let's go through the whole process. And if you have any questions, save them for the end. And uh, we won't answer them because it's a podcast. Idiot. I shouldn't call them idiots, should I? No, don't, don't call our listeners idiots. They're don't, not. Don't say idiot. You said it twice now. I did. I love our listeners, though. So the first thing you want to do is you need a four-year college degree. Well, in California, that actually gets a little complicated because if you go to a non-ABA school in California, you don't have to have a four-year degree. But as we'll get to a little later in we'll this We'll talk podcast, about ABA a little bit later. We'll explain why an ABA school is probably the best option, but it may, may Bob, not be listen, depending on your situation. Bob's not talking about ABBA. Not. This is a great band, band from yeah. the 70s. Love them. Air Mama Supply, Mia. ABBA. No, mm-hmm. that's Air Supply. Well, I like them don't. all. First of all, don't you dare put Air Supply in the same vein as ABBA, because they're not. I, I'm going to group it all together. Air Supply is so much better than ABBA. I don't. 
my other podcast is about the differences between ABBA and Air Supply. That's the title of the podcast is right. how how ABBA is well, superior to Air Supply. No, no, no. Air Supply is superior to ABBA. Oh, is it the other way yeah. around? We're on oh. our 308th episode. Wow. Obviously, I don't listen to that podcast. Probably but This should. podcast is about how to become an attorney today. Undergraduate degree first. Let's just get that out of the way. Doesn't matter what you major in. It really does not matter what you major in. There are some majors some that could yeah. help. Some people are dumb enough to major in something called pre-law. There are some people that would major in pre-law in order to become an attorney. To, to my, s- my some ad- people that's dumb to others yeah. that makes common sense. Yeah, not many when you think about it. Or sociology, which is even more silly. So you go to undergrad, you get your degree, make sure you maintain a high GAP. If if you can, this, this, is that where we're shopping now? We're shopping gap. at the Gap. So ma- maintain a high GAP, which is G. G- ah, you got me. We want G- you GPA to dress well, to, to dress well, and to get a high GPA because your grade point average. And realize I was saying a Gap, but that's the way this Bob, this show is going. Tonight. Mind the Gap. I'm gonna mind the Gap, and we're it, now it, just talking about undergraduate degree. If you want to set yourself apart, don't major in a liberal arts degree that's like english history sociology pre-law if you really set yourself apart major in like a science class biology multicellular biology or an engineering class mechanical i don't know if you could major in that chemistry nuclear physics that always sets you apart from other law students bob go well that also helps because you can sit for different bar exam later, patent bar, but we'll get into that on another podcast. Yeah. In addition to the undergrad, while you're in undergrad, you should take something called the law school admission test. The LSAT. Ooh, Boom. Lo- lovely test that uh, I hated it. all attorneys get to take before even getting into law school. And that test is a mix of logic games and questions and puzzles and maps and books. It's pretty much books someone took the SAT. And injected it with um, steroids. Yeah. Big needles full of steroids yeah. all over the LSAT. Lots of anabolic steroids in the LSAT exam. So LSAT's not very fun test. It's a one-day test. I think it's eight hours. It, the score at the end ranges from 120 to 180. And do you know what you got, Bob? I do know what I got. I will never share what I got. I'll share what I got. I, I had a 160 on the LSAT, which is actually not that's horrible, actually really good. But my undergrad grades, as I was saying, gap, I don't even know what a GPA is. Yeah. So my GPA in my under, GPA was horrible. My undergraduate grade grade point average was a three point seven eight. Wow. Yeah, I did and, not do that. And that's coming out of UC Berkeley too. UC Berkeley, we don't they don't do grade inflation. You have to fight to the death for some classes. I'll show you the scars later. Yeah, UCSB it was was pretty much the same, but I didn't any get UC, towards the top. I'm telling you this: any UC system school, there's no grade inflation. You earn whatever grade you get. True. So, and fortunately, if you don't have a, a, a high GPA, uh, law schools, in my opinion, they they take they weigh the LSAT a lot stronger than the GPA. Not not like a lot, a lot, but. It's definitely weighed a lot more than the GPA. Yeah, if you land a 180 on your LSAT, you have a high chance of getting into any law school you want, regardless of your GPA in undergrad. But You know, if I, if I open up a law school with you, because we were talking about that, and someone got a 180 on their LSAT, I'd reject them. I wouldn't. Do you want to know why? No, why? Do you want to know why? Why would you? Because um, you're not good at running a law school? No, because it's funny. It is funny. 
to get rejected from. They got into Harvard, Yale, but the Moreland Derrick School of Law didn't make it. Rejected them. Sorry. Nope. What subpar students, please? Oh no, it doesn't mean you're subpar. <laughs> but the LSAT sort of does gauge whether or not you'll be successful in law school and successful in taking the bar exam. So you have the LSAT out of, out of the way. You're done with your undergrad. What do you do next, Bob? What's you, the next step? You got to apply to law schools and pay lots of money lots for of money. applying to law schools just to hope that one of them lets you in. Right. There are, and like Bob was saying, there are two types of law schools. There are ABA accredited, that's American Bar Association accredited, and there are ones that are just state accredited. Now, of the ABA accredited schools, I, when I was in law school, which was ABA accredited, Golden Gate, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. what you said? Is that what we always said when we said Golden Gate? I don't think I've ever said that after I did say Golden ever, Gate, but I'll go along with it. Did sure, ever, George. Do they ever teach you the gang sign? I do. Yeah, I know the gang sign. Yeah. You can't gang sign. Yeah, we can't tell anyone, though. Wait, it's like a secret handshake. You yeah. Don't. It's like see? a Freemasons. I just threw it up. Do you see that? I saw it. I'm a level 10. I don't even know what that means. I'm not sure. So, and there's also, so the state accredited. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to a state accredited law school and you pass the California state bar exam, it's going to be, you'll still be a lawyer in California, but it's going to be a little bit more complicated to be a lawyer in other states. That's so, true. It's usually beneficial to go to an ABA accredited law school. And when I went to law school, I think there were like 145 of them throughout the country. And luckily for us, Bob, we went to law school in San Francisco Bay Area, which is inundated with ABA accredited law schools. It is. And another thing that I'd like to add about ABA accreditation is if you want to practice in a different state, you want to go to school in California, but you want to practice in North Dakota for some reason, in Fargo, wherever it is you want to practice, if you go to an ABA school, you can take the bar in North Dakota. You can take the bar in New York. You can take the bar wherever you want if it's an ABA school. If it's not an ABA school, the only place you're allowed to take the bar exam is California. I, I just covered that. You're like going over the things I just covered. I'm Wait. just I'm making it a little more Did you zone clearer. Out? I'm making it a little better. I try to zone out every time you talk, but I'm trying Did to you zone out? help Are everyone you understand a, a little more of that. I want to I want to shove my microphone into your eye like police officers when they do field sobriety tests. Yeah, like like the three stooges there. Hello. <laughs> so while you're in law school, there are certain classes that I want to take this microphone, and it's solid. It's an SM58. I want to crush your skull, but I'm not going to. Because what, 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 is, what has happened with you? What's going on with you right now? I just don't think you respect me. No? All right. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not too too worried about that. Um. Wait, 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 wait. Wait for the awkward silence. Okay. And there it goes. Okay. So back into it. While you're in law school, there are certain classes that you're required to take. Well, it depends on which law school you go yeah. as to which classes they require you to take. Here are the classes that the bar exam is going to going to test on. Bob, go. I wrote them down. All of them. Evidence. Quick, fast, fast. Evidence. No, pro property, criminal, criminal okay. law, property, property, yeah. state sales. Evidence. Civil procedure. I was going to auction Property. Criminal law. Criminal procedure. Contracts. Remedies, Universal Commercial Code, right? Is that what the UCC? Yeah, UCC and sales. sales. Torts, legal writing, constitutional law, business associations, community property, professional responsibilities, and wills and trusts. Those are the big heavy things that will be on the bar exam, although that's not all that could be on the bar exam. There could be other things that we didn't discuss that we haven't talked about. My bar exam in particular had... 
um, in it a takings clause question, which is technically in, in constitutional law, takings clause. They had a takings clause, really? There was an entire exam based on the takings clause, which was a very odd thing to see on the bar exam, but they do that to you. When you take the bar exam, they're going to throw all kinds of things at you, you which we'll get to in a little bit. We're going to get to the bar exam a little bit later. We we will. Law school is typically three years, which is one of the biggest reasons I I went to law school instead of some other grad student program. Three years, if you're doing it part-time, it's going to be four. While you're in law school, usually between your second and third year, you take a test. Test is called the Multi-State Professional Responsibility Examination. I think I remember taking this. It was only like 50 questions or... I, I vaguely remember it. I, I, Bob, what's I, the significance of us taking the multi-state professional responsibility exam? We call it the MPRE. The reason why we're supposed to take the MPRE is to see what our knowledge is as far as ethical obligations and to see if we know ethically what we're supposed to do as far as what the judge's obligations are, what the attorney's obligations are. The MPRE I took was just full of judge questions for some reason that year. Right. Well, you and, know, and that happens. Oh. When I took professional responsibility in law school, there's a question between ethics and morals. And the professor told us this story, if I could tell it. Are you interested? I'm interested. Yeah. I, I better pretend I'm interested because I'm going to hear it anyway. Yeah. I know you respect me to a point. At least that's more than I do. So. I respect you more than you respect yourself? No, it's, you know, I'm a narcissist. I'm Bonnie, my wife, Bonnie, says I'm a narcissist. Okay. And uh, I, don't, I don't think I am. Let's settle in. Let's hear it. Story time. I have a healthy understanding of how amazing I am. It's probably not inflated. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's the story. Uh, the paramedic is taking the bar exam. I think this is in Southern California. I don't know if this is true or not. But the paramedic is taking the bar exam. The person next to him has a heart attack. Paramedic stops taking the bar exam and saves the man's life. All of the other students taking the bar exam are... Still taking it. Now, at the end of the day, the paramedic who saved the guy's life went to the proctor as a person administering the bar exam said, I'd like more time so I could finish the questions. And they said, nope. Paramedic failed the bar. Now, morally, he was obligated to save the man's life. But as my professor explained it, ethically, he was obligated to finish the exam. What do you think about that? I think morals and ethics are two completely separate and distinct things, like you've already said, and, and that story illustrated that quite quite well. Thank you. Thank you for your fantastic story. Thank you, no Bob. No sarcasm. Out I there. accept that completely. I, I would never be sarcastic. Why would you? you? I have That's no reason to ever be sarcastic. So while you're in law school, you also have to fill out something, which is a moral character application. In order to become an attorney, you have to be morally fit to be an attorney. Basically, what happens is the State Bar of California, they hire investigators that will go through a very, it's a very thick packet, and they pretty much investigate your life to make sure that you are not going to be a, an ethical lawyer. We want to make sure that you don't have criminal, really bad criminal uh, convictions in your background. They want to make sure that you're not uh, like a licensed sex offender. I think that prevents you from being a Yeah, I'm pretty sure being a sex offender is going to prevent you from being an attorney. They do quite a number of things. They do a credit check. Um, do they, they really? Oh, yeah. And they look at... And they accepted w- mine back then. Oh, yeah? Was your credit pretty bad? It was bad then. But the other day... Now, uh, the, I'm, the other day, <laughs> I... Someone, like, I ch- they checked my credit, and uh, 
the guy said I had A1 credit score. Like I, I had the highest. Hmm. Like steak I'm, sauce? Yeah, that's right. My wife loves it. I hate it. I love that steak sauce. The steak is made right. I'm going to say this right now. Um, if a steak is made right, you do not need steak sauce. And when my wife brings it out, just gets, gets me to my core. When she brings out steak sauce, when I make a steak, it's like saying you you failed. And mm. I take that personally. In my head and my heart. Yeah. Luckily, she's never done it because the steaks I make are, I'm not going to say perfect, but they have, they're unadultered. See what I just did there? You didn't commit adultery with your steaks? They're pure. Pure steaks. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking? I don't even know what we're talking Well, we're talking about the moral character determination. Okay, yeah. What's a podcast? We're having fun. We're enjoying it. A moral character determination, basically, they they sit there and they comb through your entire life. They want to dress this from the time you were 18. They want to make sure you're not, you know, in Al-Qaeda. Yeah, they don't want any Al-Qaedians that are attorneys. I have no idea. I don't know anymore. I... So after the moral character determination, there's a little exam that we've been speaking about a little bit, which is over the shoulders of every law student oh my out gosh. there. That exam is a burden that everyone carries around while you're in law school. The only thing you're really doing is taking these classes to prepare to take that exam. Do you know what I love most? I, I, I love so much. I love when, like I'm, I'm on Facebook, you're on Facebook too, and my friends that are in law school, when they, when they graduate law school and all their friends congratulate them on, on graduating law school. Graduation doesn't mean Graduation anything. means nothing. If you want to be a lawyer, graduation means nothing. But you get a piece of paper that says, congratulations, it's a piece of paper. you graduated. Congratulations. Now you could take the worst exam in the history of planet Earth. Do you know the bar exam used to have a component where it was an oral yes. examination? Yeah. Odd. Well, I mean, I mean, back in the old days... To be a lawyer, it was just like being in a trade. In, in a way, it's still a trade, but you would apprentice yourself to a lawyer. You'd work under him or her for a certain amount of years, and then you would sit in front of a, quote-unquote, an, an oral board, and they'd ask you questions, and if you did it, if you answered correctly, they would admit you to the state bar exam. If you read the autobiography of Clarence Darrow, that's how he became a lawyer. Do you know who Clarence Darrow is? I do know who Clarence Darrow is. And if you don't know, hey, I'm not going to explain it to you. Google Look it up. Read a book. Don't listen to it. Oh, no. Listen to a podcast. So it's called the General Bar Examination, the GBX. It is the most daunting <coughs> test. <coughs> Excuse me. I just coughed. I had to explain it in case they didn't know. Yeah. We're not I had barking no idea here. what that noise was. In California, it's a three-day exam. Three full days. <coughs> The first day, uh, and by the way, it, it tests everything we explained earlier. Those 15 subjects, it's going to test those. The first day, uh, from 9 to 11, they test, they, they assign three essay questions. And it's not... You've got three hours to do those three You've three essays. hours to do three essay questions, and it, you could cover all a whole range of those 15 subjects we explained earlier. Because they don't tell you at all what's going to be on the essays or what's going to be on the practical writing portion or any of that. In the morning, you have the three essay questions. In the afternoon, you have it like a a a two-hour break. In the afternoon, you go back from, I want to say, two to... Two to five. No, one to... One to four. One to four. Yeah. And you have something called the performance exam. Basically, what a performance exam is is you get a... It's like a mock memo from a lawyer you're working for. 
And the lawyer says, please research this issue and write a memo to this client saying what the law is. They're also going to give you something called a closed library. We mentioned that before when we met for the appellate advocacy class I met you in. Something called a closed library. What that means is is you're going to have, you're going to have a list of laws. What kind of laws? Any type of laws. I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's not really testing your legal knowledge. It's testing your your ability to concisely answer. So the, the laws could even be made up. Sure, sure it can. But all they're really testing you is your fortitude and your patience and your ability to simplify a legal issue for a client. Usually that's what the performance exam is testing. It's a three-hour exam. It's an hour and a half of reading all that stuff and an hour and a half of typing. And I'm telling you, that first day I probably typed about... I hand wrote. You hand wrote? I, I know, hand wrote. I hand wrote the entire I exam. Did, I, I, and I forget what the... I did a word count at the end, and I think... I typed about 15 pages. Oh, yeah. At least. I hand and, wrote like three books. And I was being concise. It was just, I, I could never handwrite. I mean, my hat, I tip my hat to you. That's amazing. I had to handwrite because it, it forced me to be concise. I can't go back and change anything. Once the ink is on the paper, it's on the paper. So that was a way that I forced myself to outline properly, which is a huge thing that hopefully you'll learn in law school. If you don't, the bar exam is going to be incredibly difficult. Yes. Uh, so the second day, something called the multi-state bar examination, the MBE. MBE. Uh, the morning. Roll. MBE. The MBE brings is, lots of excitement. Apparently, it's, t- <laughs> it's the reason people either pass or fail the bar exam. Really, yeah. It's a two hundred question multi multiple choice exam. It's broken up into two, three hour stints, just like Oh, multiple choice? That's easy. No. These are multiple choice that I think A lot of them have half a page fact pattern to them. I'm pretty sure Satan wrote them just to torture law students. Yeah, you think Satan writes them? No, probably not. No, no. I know he's a lawyer somewhere in California. He's gotta be. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Probably in LA. Well, of course. Why wouldn't he? It's warm down there. That's probably on the why. beach. No, I, I was, no. If Satan, I wasn't born on a beach. Though. Satan's a lawyer. I would. I. You know where I see him? I see him like in some small town, and Barstow. Uh, oh my God! I was thinking Barstow. Yeah, he's in Barstow. <laughs> all right. Say no more. Hey, all our Barstow listeners, I. You know, please be careful. Quit it with be the careful hate, out there, Barstow. Quit it with the hate mail. Okay, I'm just gonna say it right now. Uh, let's see. So, they're basically. Uh, so it's nine to eleven. No, it's 9 to 12. 9 to 12. Yeah, what the, well, I said 9 to 11 earlier. 9 to 12, three hours of 100 multiple choice. I think that breaks down to 1.8. Um, what was that? One question every 1.8 minutes, I think. I broke it down. I can't do the math. I, th- I think that's what it was. I went to law school. <laughs> yeah. Typically, that's a stereotype. You went to law school, you didn't. You hated math. So, usually the passing score is 137 correct out of 200. Um, it's, it, you know, I, I passed the bar exam. If I wanted to become a lawyer in another state, I really wouldn't want to know what my MBE score is because I'm, I'm just afraid that uh, they graded it wrong and I and they'll say, well, no thanks, so give me your license back. I, I'm not sure if that happened, but uh, the third day is exactly like the first day. So what you're faced with with a bar exam is three days with three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, every single day of testing. And the bar exam, typically someone's going to study 
about three to six months worth for the bar exam. Yeah. I actually studied about six months worth. I, I did two months. You, you know, when I studied after um, taking after graduating, I I pretty much studied right when the bar. What was that? Barbary. I took Barbary and something called PNBR. Yeah, so I, I took both ready. as well. But Barbary now is fighting very hard to get rid of PNBR since PNBR, PNBR was bought by Kaplan. Really, was it? Which it well, was. PNBR, I, every time like a law student talks to me, I say, take PNBR, uh, unless you're an idiot. But that being said, um, like that. well, um, after the bar I, exam, I you, know what you, you know what you got to do after the bar this exam? This is the worst part. Not It's not the three days. It's not the, was it, uh, 18 hours of, of taking the bar exam. It's not the fact that you just became, you got a jurist doctor, that's a doctorate of law, in California, which is hard enough. It's not the fact that half of you that take the bar exam are probably going to fail it. More than half a lot of the time. It's usually more than half. You have to wait. If you take it in the end of July, you have to wait until the end of November. Bob, what was that like? That waiting period is is tough. It's heavy. It's hard because all you do is you question your your answers. You question what you did. You go back and you research things, and you try to figure out: Did I pass? Did I fail? Some days you'll be convinced that you failed. And the heartbreakers. Yeah. What's what song is are you singing? Waiting. Waiting is the hardest part. Oh yeah. I I had I had a recurring nightmare those three or four months that. I, I hope it was a Tom Petty nightmare. I really do. <laughs> it wasn't a Tom. No, oh. I I had the recurring nightmare that I was driving a car, and I was I would crash over a bridge, and I would only wake up after the car hit the water, and I probably had that dream two to three dozen times, waiting for that the bar huh. results twisted. So I found out November eighteenth, two thousand four. Uh, it was a great day. I, I went to Starbucks. They released the results at 6, a, 6 p.m. I get there. I plug my information in. And it's not like like fireworks don't jump out of your computer. It ju- all it says, it's so anticlimactic. All it says is the name above either appears or does not appear on, on the past, past list right. for the July 2004 bar examination. And w- when it said the name does, the name exists, I went crazy. I started screaming in Starbucks. It's 6.30 at night. They called the police. They actually called the police. They said, hey, call the police. The guy's going crazy. I finally explained to him what was going on, and they actually gave me a free caramel macchiato. Nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And yeah. a police escort off the property. But then I, you know, I drove to my dad's house that night, and, and he lives far away, like in the Sacramento area. And I was so freaked out. As I was driving halfway there, I thought, oh my gosh, I read it wrong. I didn't pass. So when I got to my dad's house, I printed it out. Lo and behold, I did pass. The next day, Cal plays Stanford in the big game. We beat the crap out of them. And throughout the game, while we're beating them, I take out the piece of paper that says, and the name above appears on the pass list. It was one of, the, one of the greatest days of my life. Don't tell my kids that, though. Fantastic. I, I found out May 18th. It was actually an 18th as well. Um, oh, no way. Really? I think oh, so yours, you took the yours February. was an 18th. I took it in February. Okay. And I found out in May, which, oddly enough, my family was all in town that weekend because That's graduation awesome. was the Monday afterwards was the graduation. So my family was in town. Everyone's in town. Um, family members that 
have traveled all the way up from that's Central even, California. My mom came even uh, tougher. before she passed, and she, mm. she, it was tough for her to make it all the way up here. That's awesome. And she so there. I, I'm really blessed that everyone was there, although frightened as all could be at what if 5 o'clock. What if you didn't? Yeah. If I didn't pass, I, I'm not really sure what would have happened. You would have taken but, it again and passed it? Yeah. You're determined. I didn't have to, though. So let's say, I took okay. It once. So you passed the exam. Passed. You've taken the LSAT. Mm-hmm. You've passed undergraduate. You've passed law school. You've passed the single toughest bar exam in, in, in all 50 states. And uh, Yeah, but that's debatable. I, I've, it's debatable. I want to say it's the toughest they exam. They say New York is hard, too, but it's only yes. a day. It's only two days. The way that works is you can take the bar exam in New York. It's like Tuesday, and then Wednesday is a multi-state bar exam, and then you could drive to New Jersey and take the bar exam there. Since they're so close, you could uh, get thir- uh, New Jersey's is on Thursday, I believe. So you pass it. Your moral character passes. What happens next? Even after you've passed the bar exam, you're still not an attorney. You're not an attorney. You have to be sworn into the state bar exam, to the state bar. Mm-hmm. Now, I had the privilege of working for a judge... Uh, I was a law clerk for a judge in the Bay Area. She was great. Got, learned a lot of things from her. Uh, one of the things I learned was be prepared in court if you're a lawyer. Um, she swore me in front of my family. It was great. It was, a, it was a great experience. What do you think? What happened with you, Bob? Mine was not as fantastic as yours. I'm I just sorry. went to a... It's all right. I went to the PG&E building downtown. Yeah? In downtown a, San Francisco. Paid and a bill? There were, <laughs> I paid my electric bill, and then I had a judge swear me in for... For uh, becoming an attorney, I had a couple now, friends there, and it wasn't you, anything too spectacular, but I was just happy to read my name on that list. Before you got sworn in, did you complain about these smart meters they're putting in every house? Or was it after you got sworn in? I think it was after I was yeah. sworn in that the smart More meters came out. Uh, now, after you're a lawyer, now that's it. You're a lawyer. You get to put Esquire at the end of your name. You're an attorney. You're a lawyer. Uh, another thing people call you is counsel. That's my favorite thing people call me. Like in court... The judge refers to me as counsel. I, I I really like that. Another thing you could say is you're an officer of the court. Mm-hmm. Which also gives you obligations. Right. Yes, and we'll get to those when we talk about professional responsibility. But that's pretty much it. You're now a lawyer. Congrats. You know, I was going to end this on a lawyer joke, but one of the things I remember in law school is don't, when you're applying to law school, don't, don't, don't recite a lawyer joke. Because, don't be funny. Well... They want serious don't make scholars. Fun, don't make fun of lawyers, unless you're a lawyer. I can say lawyer jokes because I'm a lawyer. That's our thing. Okay, You can't make fun of us unless you're part of our group. It's like that, what was that, Animal House? When they, uh, it's like, you can't, you can't do that to our recruits. Only we could do that to our recruits. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, you get it. I've seen that movie. Have you? There are very few references to really? movies that I get but you got that you one, say. Right? I got they that one. They can't do that to ours. Only we can. So that's the podcast. Now, you're listening to What Are Your Rights with attorneys George Derrick and Bob Mormond. See you next week. See you next week. What are your rights?